And here it comes, direct from the CM Live newsroom, it's Sports Talk with head sports editor Malachi Barrett and assistant sports editor Dominic Mastrangelo. Ladies and gentlemen, Chippewas and Chipettes, welcome to episode 14 of the Sports Talk podcast. My name is Malachi Barrett. I'm the sports editor of CM Life. To my left, as always, is the assistant sports editor, Dominic Mastrangelo. And once again, we have a special guest joining us here on uh, on this week's podcast. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Kelly Potter, and I am the softball beat reporter for the 2014 year. Yeah, she uh, does so much more uh, behind the scenes, more than, you, than a lot of our readers probably realize. Um, but we're going to talk a couple of different things here, it sounds like today, Malika. We're going to start with a little bit of softball talk and eventually uh, get into coverage of our spring game that we had. Mm-hmm. Our men's basketball team just announced a pretty solid recruiting class. So uh, first off, uh, what, what are you wondering about this year's uh, softball team as we really uh, we're hitting the home stretch of the season for these, for these young women? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank Kelly for being here. We actually flew her in from Japan where she resides. Um, <laughs> it's a complete good, joke. Good weather there. How was your flight, Kelly? Oh, it was excellent. It was a little bit bumpy along the way. Yeah, some turbulence <laughs> it's, over the it's Pacific. Pretty, it's pretty windy out, so it took yeah. me a little bit to get here. The uh, the reason we spent all those uh, dollars to bring you over here, all that jet fuel, was to talk a little bit about softball. And uh, I understand that they're playing Michigan State University on Wednesday. Is that correct? That is correct. They'll be playing Michigan State at 5 p.m. And the first pitch will be held um, at Michigan State. And it looks like temperature will be 55 degrees, not that much wind, and it's going to be sunny. So it will be a pretty good day for our softball players. What's our history been like with MSU? Uh, last year for the non-conference game, the game was canceled, but in the Indiana University Invitational, uh, CMU won 3-0, to zero, and that was the last game in 2013, and in 2012, we fell to Michigan, I believe, 1-2-6. So, obviously, you know, those big matchups with those interstate rivals are something that I think, you know, it's obvious in football and basketball and other sports, but, uh, you know, would, would you say the softball players take that rivalry seriously, Kelly? Honestly, from what I've heard from some of the players, they do not really take it as seriously as you would think. They just basically think of all these other softball teams as just another team, another jersey to play with. They're not necessarily looking out for just because it's an in-state, which you would think, especially against Western, you would think that'd be a very big competition. But to them with the softball players, they're just there to play the game. They aren't necessarily there to verse a bunch of different other teams. Which is probably a good mindset to have. I mean, last weekend they played uh, Michigan, who is just destroying. No, uh, Michigan is currently fourteen to one in the Big Ten Conference, and they're number one. I think they have a what twenty game winning streak now, nineteen twenty something. Pretty high up there. Right. Yeah, I think we played them around the same time last year, right when Michigan was starting to get in their wheelhouse, right in kind of the meat of the season, and. Things didn't go so well there either, but but the Chippewas are doing pretty darn well in the Mid American Conference, and I think that's at yep, the end of the about day seven to five. That's what you got to think about um, as you take all of the uh, all this into consideration. Is at the end of the day, you have to compare yourself on a scale that fits what you're doing and what the teams that you're going to eventually compete with down the stretch are doing. So I think on that scale, uh, CMU is is doing pretty well. They don't have another home game for the rest of the year though, which is unfortunate. Yeah. So we hope that all of you will uh, tune in to Kelly's coverage and. Uh, Joe Judd will be helping us out a little bit on that beat now, it sounds like, too. A lot of you have read Joe's stuff as he covered women's basketball and volleyball in the fall. So we, we really have some great talent on, on that beat. And we have we have a talented team to cover. So I think uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out for the Chippewas the rest of the year. Yeah, well, uh, the softball team is currently second in the Mid-American Conference, two games behind Ball State. So they're actually really doing pretty well right now. 
Um, and although this game will not really give towards the actual conference anything, mm -hmm. it's not going to really, because it's Michigan State, they're part of Big Ten. Yeah. But this is still going to be, you know, a pretty big game for the most part, just because it is Michigan State. And I'm, the girls are looking forward to it. What's our, uh, what's our track record against Big Ten teams this year? Um, it's actually not not the best. We're 0-3 for Big Ten teams. So, of course, with Michigan, we fell pretty hard due to them, you know, being the first in the Big Ten right. conference. It really shows the difference between those conferences there. When you go against the Big Ten, you have teams like MSU and U of M. Just, you know, Mac, it's hard to compete with them sometimes, despite being, you know, we're one of the top teams. That's across the board, too. That's not just softball. It's football. It's sports in general, man. Yeah. I mean, our, us little mid-majors have, uh, have major issues when it comes to some of those big elite schools. But it just goes to show you, too. I mean, we won the championship last year. We're number two right now, and then we go against uh, Michigan and that then that happens yeah. but don't tell that to the to the uh to the lady chippewas if you will because as kelly will probably tell us they're they're a pretty proud bunch huh they are a pretty bad proud bunch and of course you know there are a lot of great uh players on the team especially the dulamelier sisters uh, which mm -hmm. i suspect are going to start tomorrow i also think Brittany Horan, uh trista cox rachel zarn just to name a few that will probably be starting in my own opinion but you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to turn out tomorrow, and I think that they have a pretty good shot. You know, last year, even though it wasn't the conf or a conference game, they did beat them, you know, 3-0, to zero. so there is still high hopes for them, and especially we have some awesome pitchers. We have Morgan, Yonker. Uh, Yonker. We also have um, Ra we have um, Rachel Knapp. Rachel Knapp. I'm sorry, I was about to say Rachel Zarn. Yeah. And then we also have uh, Chelsea Sundberg, and Chelsea Sundberg currently uh, leads the team with uh, the wins. So, but I suspect that um, Morgan will be pitching tomorrow, in my own opinion. But we'll have to see. They did not release the lineup yet for either team. Morgan is uh, definitely that, that sort of that number one person that you go to. But man, what can you say about freshman pitcher Rachel Knapp? She's just unbelievable. Incredible. Right she now. is incredible. She is on fire right now. You know, she scored that or she hit that one hitter against Western. And, you know, even in the past, she had a game against IPFW, which she was um, in a current fumble where she was had three players on bases, zero outs, and, you know, she actually got them out, and that's a pretty big step for a freshman that is coming into a collegiate type of atmosphere coming from high school, and she's doing really quite well, and, you know, for the years to come, she, she can only grow. She's leading in strikeouts right now. I think she has 105 somewhere in there, but yeah. she's the only one who's broken 100. I think Sunberg has 50-something, and uh, Yonker's at, I think, like 70 or 80. But, I mean, that's just incredible alone. I mean, she's got a great fastball. Um, I think her record is somewhere in the ballpark of nine and two. Yeah, she has the least the least start. number of losses uh, out of all the pitching. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. We, it's it's kind of strange. You know, we have two seniors who've been here for a while. They've uh, benefited from the experience of uh, Yonker for these years, and Kara Dornboss, the ace, who we just apparently came with. Stop talking about because I bring her up every time. Yeah, really. Well, who can, right? <laughs> yeah, she. I mean, she was incredible. I benefit from that experience. And, uh, you know, and, and Nap's just been kind of, I don't want to say blowing him out of the water, but definitely showing uh, what surprising she can do. Yeah, surprising. I know that she uh, surprised Coach Yonker, too, especially in one of the interviews. She was very surprised that she was, you know, getting so far ahead of, like, the rest of them because, you know, you would suspect since – um, the previous two or, you know, the about to be graduating seniors have been doing so well for the past few years. And, you know, just because, you know, they've been doing so well, especially last year and this year, you would kind of be a little bit shaky with them leaving just because they've been doing so well. But, you know, Nap is really taking us, I think, everybody by surprise. And we can only, you know, hope with good things from her. She so, adjusted fast to the season, yeah. too. She, uh, I think she's pitched three 
complete games, and the first one was like very early in the season. I think it was the first couple of weeks there when they were still doing those, uh, you know, national tournaments. National tournaments, like yeah, been, yeah. So yeah, she's adjusted fast, and we'll see. A lot of upside surrounding the softball team as they head into those some of these really crucial road games and prepare to uh, to take on uh, the rest the rest of the regular season schedule. We got about nine games left, but they'll all be on the road, but. You know they've been winning on the road too, so yeah, they've been faring pretty well on the road so far, which is which is good as we as we approach the home stretch. Make a quick transition now to 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 another sport that has, has been a lot of talk on this campus about, and that's obviously our most important in the eyes of you know, the people who yeah, fund. You. Well, <laughs> the eyes of the eyes of I would say your average student around here is yeah, you know. Definitely. But what is what is uh, one of my I have a professor that calls it. Uh, great God football here at uh, Central Michigan. Great University. God football. Great, what does God, that mean? great God football. I mean, this is our premier sports thing that goes on every fall. It's, it's a, I guess, without the tailgating now, but it's it's sort of a it's, it's a movement that happens, you know, every fall around here, whether or not we want to. <laughs> it's a revolution. Man. It is, man. CMU football is a big <laughs> deal, and you know, as I was covering the uh, the spring game on Saturday, I gotta say, I was really kind of blown away blown away by how many people showed up now again it wasn't like the place was full it wasn't even like it was close to full but after some of the negative publicity um that that uh that department has gotten for some of their attendance numbers i think i think some people made it a point to show up on what was kind of a cool afternoon i mean the sun it was, was nice. out it was a the nice day was very nice. it was a nice day um and, and we're, we're able to uh we're able to see uh what i saw which is a football team with a lot of upside as well yeah, okay, so spring football is basically, in my mind, a glorified scrimmage a little bit, but it's good because you get to kind of answer some of these questions that we've been having about, uh, you know, positions, who's going to be starting where, who's qualified, who can actually uh, perform. We used to, in high school football, I'm not bringing this up because I think I'm cool. Right no, now, he, he, he thinks he's cool. <laughs> in high school football, we would call the people uh, athletic shorts all-stars, you know, the people who are really great in camp when you're jumping over cones and stuff, but when you actually get on the field, it's a completely different story. That's so right. what did we see, Dom? Is so, is some of these lingering questions loom overhead. Well, I think the uh, the biggest one, as anybody who read Monday's edition of CM Life um, quickly learned, is that we have a very, very interesting situation in our backfield, and that starts with the entire offense and our quarterback situation. Um, I think it's fair to say at this point that we have a quarterback controversy. Do we still have a question mark there? Has this been confirmed? Or has he picked his man, or what's going on here? I would say that at this point, he that, until the depth chart comes out, it's it could be you and I. You know, it could be God anybody. Forbid. Yeah, really, God forbid. <laughs> Um, it could be anybody at this I'll point. I'll tell you what, you think you have quarterback troubles now. And, oh, yeah, just wait until you line Malachi Barrett up under center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that you have a situation where here's, – here's the intriguing thing to me about the whole situation. You've only got two quarterbacks on your spring roster. What happens if one of them gets hurt? Cooper Rush and Cody Cater, by the way, are the two gentlemen that we're, uh, we're discussing here. Cater is senior, and Rush is a sophomore, registered his freshman year. Um, the thing that's that, that's interesting about comparing and contrasting these two guys because they both played very well on mm-hmm. Saturday, and I'll and I'll say that they were pretty close in receptions. Uh, I don't know who threw the touchdown passes. Cater threw both... three, and and Cooper Rush threw two. Okay, Cooper yeah, Rush also threw close in that too. Also threw an interception, which his uh, mother, I'm sure, would uh, <laughs> defend him in saying that it was tipped in the air because it was. Um, look, just because I'm not crazy about Cooper Rush. Doesn't mean that I don't think that he can 
do it. I don't think I think he can, he can quarterback this team. I think there's a lot of people out here who can quarterback this team. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot more than just a solid quarterback to, to translate to touchdowns in Mount Pleasant this fall. That I mean, I this is what you. kind of everybody looks to though. Ever since right. Lefevre, I mean, everybody's uh, the quarterback's been a. I mean, obviously, it is what it is. It's the leader of the offense and everything. But I feel like there's some added pressure towards that now that we've seen such greatness as Lefevre, the Lefevre fervor, as I like to call yeah, it. Damn the man. The thing that I. Uh, the thing that is – that's exactly the thing, which right. you were just saying. And I, I really do believe that at this point, the person who's going to handle that pressure the most, that you know, that Lefevre hangover, if you will, is Cody Cater, is the senior, is the guy who's already won this job once before. Yeah. And you know what? If CMU doesn't make their boneheaded trip to Ann Arbor last season where he, get, where he you know, hurts his collarbone, he, might, he probably would have started all last year. And the story of last season might have been very different. Yeah. So, you know – at this point, Coach Nino said after the spring game that Cooper Rush, you know, by virtue of starting all those games last year because everyone else was either hurt, Cody Cater, or sucked, Alex Niznak, the kind of situation that you have is now he's all we got. So because of that, now he's all of a sudden going to be the assumed starter? I don't think that's right. I mean, I can sympathize with that a little bit. If we were on the other side of the coin, it might be different. I mean, he he stepped up. He started the remaining games after that. Boneheaded, as you call it, decision yeah. to go to Ann Arbor. Um, I mean, you got to give him some merit for that. Everybody's got to earn their spot just because you're a senior. I mean, you can get it. I mean, it's really – it's hard to look at the spring game as a definitive this player is better than that player right. because you can kind of take everything what we happens. we still got OTAs. we got practices all summer long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still a little early for that, I suppose. But uh, other positional breakdowns, what do you think uh, out of running backs? Oh, we have got more running backs than we know what to do with, and then Coach Enos will be the first person uh, to, to admit it. Um, the one who stood out the most to me on Saturday was Shoemaker Gilmore. I mean, mm-hmm. Maurice is just an incredible back. He's got great speed. He's got – he runs – he's a – He's not a huge guy, but he runs with power. And what I mean by that is that when he hits his holes, he the, the idea is to get to the end zone every single time he touches the ball. You know, he's, he's got that natural aggression that I think really good running backs have. Um, Sayla Valley, I think, is still he's a little bit of a bigger guy. He's put on some weight and really, I think, could 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 see a decent amount of touches. Eno says they're probably going to go with two, possibly a third running back on a consistent basis. Um, anytime, I think probably situational. Right, and anytime we'll, like, Getting closer to the goal line, that kind of thing. I think that's where you yeah, might see. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to see those guys splitting carries 50-50. But no, um, but three. But I think well, here, here's what Eno said after the spring game. He said, you know, anytime you start getting more than three or four backs that you're trying to get a lot of touches to, that disrupts the rhythm of that top and second guy. So, yeah. um, if I if I again today had to say who who our starting running back would be, I would go with Shoemaker Gilmore. Um, we have a lot of other weapons on offense, too. Titus Davis didn't play at all. The only uh, action that Titus Davis saw in the spring game was he fielded a punt and started to run it back, and then, you know, Coach, you know, splew the whistle on it because right, he doesn't want anybody it. touching t- Titus Davis. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the glorious Titus Davis. And Davis ran the ball all the way, even though, like, well, after, like, everybody stopped playing, ran the ball all the way into the end zone and then, like, touched on his, like, his toe onto the goal line and then chucked the ball into the stands and everybody laughed. And that was sort of the feel of the afternoon, you know, is that, yeah, we're out here. We're putting the talent on display. This is what we could possibly look mm-hmm. like. But at the end of the day, we're just having a good time and enjoying a nice afternoon. Yeah. Plenty of time to make those uh, determinations a little bit later. Transitioning again, not very smoothly, however, not into basketball. We yeah. just uh, announced some new recruiting. What's up with that, man? Well, we have tons of 
size coming to our men's basketball Thank team. God. Here. Yeah, because we definitely <laughs> need it. Um, not a knock on John Simons or Blake Hibbets because both those guys played their hearts well, out. Well, I mean, they can't help it. What are they going to do? We're stilts? Well, and that's the thing. You know, you think of John Simons and Blake Hibbets compared to some of these shorter guys on the team, the Chris Fowlers and Austin Stewarts, who are still pretty tall guys. I mean, this is basketball. This is, you know, college basketball, so you're going to need some serious size. Right. Um, but the biggest pickup um, for the Chippewas uh, this offseason was uh, Deron Scott from Grand Rapids Christian, who just is a tower of a human being and was a menace to any defense. Um, in, in high school out in Grand Rapids. Um, so that was definitely a big get. Luke Meyer is another huge uh, huge get for, for CNU in terms of size. And, again, we've, we talked about it all last season when the Chippewas struggled, as they did for a long time through that conference schedule. Yes. But it, it's it's a rebuilding process. And I really do th- – these are the first – if, if you know, transition from high school to the freshman year pans out the way that, we, that, that, that you expect it will – these are the first substantial building blocks that I see. Right. I, I think these are steps in the right direction. Obviously, one of the main criticisms, well, there were two basically that kind of got to the heart of it. One, size was the issue. And two, lack of experience. Had a, a lot of young players trying to set up or step up, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, Fowler's kind of transitioned to that leadership role. I think that's a good spot for him now that we're moving in. You have that kind of component solidified to an extent. I feel like you're about to object here. Well, I mean, it's just interesting that, you know, we always looked at Chris Fowler last year as the leader of this team. Meanwhile, he was only a sophomore. It's like if Cooper Rush is going to be leading this offense in the fall. I mean, well, that's, that's the really thing. Moving, moving, year, moving forward, he, I mean, he got this year now to kind of figure out his place on the team. He's a very vocal leader, leads by example, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, we have him starting to get some size. You know, maybe in his senior year, things will be looking up. You know, I, I don't know if next year may be another kind of rebuilding excuse here. Right. I mean, that's obviously to determine – still later on. But. Well, and that's the thing. You know, I was like, how many rebuilding years are fans going to put up with? How many, yeah. how, how much do you Well, you weigh that versus years? how many are they going to tolerate versus how many is it going to take, though? That's the thing. Well, that's, again, that, that, that is a like, great debate. I don't that's, like anybody wants to tolerate debate. any. No, nobody wants to rebuild. Everybody wants to, you know, wins right now, 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 now. Right. Um, but I definitely think last year, everybody gave, most people gave CMU a break on that. Um and it'll be interesting to see now that they've got these this obviously glaring hole because that's what it was, folks. We had this obviously glaring lack of size, and then we were getting out rebounded. We were you know, there was the lack of hustle down the floor, and um, and now we've got the situation where, you know, I think the Chippewas have if the, again assuming these guys play ball the way that they did in high school. I mean, Gino's not afraid to play freshman. You know, he's he's shown yeah. that before. So. Why not? Why not start to win some ball games? You know, I'm not saying you got to win the conference, but man, be competitive. You know what I mean? This is there's a reason. There was a reason last year that Miller Arena was was empty for the majority of the men's basketball. Well, you never know what kind of freshman might surprise us too, especially yeah. with other sports. I mean, maybe it is something that we need to get you know new faces, like different faces around there, because you know, you know, I know a lot of people are you know more over frustrated with the actual outcome of the games, but you know maybe. If, with, you know, the next year with freshmen, you never know who might step up to the plate. And right. To bring it full circle, freshman pitcher, Rachel or hey, Rachel Lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just go. like we were just it's talking just, about. Yeah, exactly. It's across just, the board, man. It's You got to think about this idea of, okay, does youth bring energy or is that compromised for an experience? I mean, that's that's not just a sports thing. That's a life thing. You know, these first-year employees at some, some big companies, I mean, they've got all the great ideas, right? They've got all the energy, but do they really know what they're doing? 
Pretty on the record, way. Dominic Mastrangelo, if you want life advice, come to Yeah, I know. I know this is a sports podcast. Pod, sports pod, the, the, the. You also learn how to speak correctly as demonstrated well, effectively. Right. demonstrated here. Yeah. So, I mean, look, folks, I, there's, there's – for a lot of our different sports teams, um, there's a little bit of an experience, and then there's that senior leadership. Um, balancing those things, I think, is exactly what every varsity coach is trying to do here. And some do it better than others. Um, the – the thing that really matters, at least to, to us as students, as we continue to support and root for these teams, is is the the goal at the end of the day um, lining up with the plan. You know, is, is the plan clear cut and will it eventually translate to wins and success and pride and all those things that we associate with sports? That is probably the most unanswerable question ever asked. <laughs> Leave it to Dominic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Don, why don't you take us out of here, man? I think I appreciate everyone listening today, folks. We, uh, As the semester winds up, we're probably only doing maybe one or two more of these things, so we appreciate you guys listening all semester long. It's been a lot of fun. Our beat reporters have enjoyed uh, being on here and talking. we got to remind you that uh, there is still a few more print editions left, and you can get us online 24-7 at cm-life.com. Our sports email is sports at cm-life.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at cm-life-sports. Malachi Kelly, I'm Dominic, and we'll see you next time.